Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me once again for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about grace at home. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles as always and take some notes. Have a really good and informative show for you today. We always start out with a quote of the day, and it goes like this. Family is like branches on a tree. We all grow in different directions, yet our roots remain as one. Now let's look here in Mark chapter 3, verse number 25. This is, in my estimation, a familiar passage of scripture, but let's check this out. This will be our launching pad for today. Jesus states, and if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. I'm going to say that to you again. Jesus states, And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. This, in my estimation, is a really profound scripture, and we've heard it many times before, especially if you are a Bible reader, because we know that it's true. If a house truly is divided against itself, it just cannot stand. We know that the nuclear family is being destroyed brick by brick, the Christian home definitely being destroyed brick by brick. We don't want to be the cause for these things happening. All that it takes is the old adage says, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. So what we want to do is we want to infuse strength in our families. We want to give grace at home. And grace really is divine empowerment. That's what we want to do. We want to empower our families. We can't get it in the schools. We can't get it on the job. Can't get it in society. And the sad part, sometimes we can't even get it in the church. But what we can get it, what we can do, we can impart it in our families. And so I want to give you today, very quickly here, I want to give you something to think about because this is the beginning of the year and we want to be able to give some strength to power today. We want to be able to give some truth to power. We want to be able to be that kind of family that when everything is eroding all around us, we don't want any of that to get on the inside of our family. Family is so dynamic. It is so important. And again, Jesus said, that if a house be divided against itself, it just can't stand. So through this, we don't want to, again, tear down what God is building. So I want to impart to you five ways that you can impart some grace in your house and some strength in your family. Number one, this is what we want to do. We want to have some regular family devotion. How about that? 
We want to have a regular family devotion. So what we talk about that is, is that in addition to prayer and engaging in regular family devotional times, when we read the Bible together, we want to be more consistent in this manner. We want to make sure that we block off some time in our family schedule because we know everybody is going in every direction possible in the family, whether your family is two, three, four, five, whatever the case may be. We want to make sure that we are engaged in something that is regular, that is bringing some truth and some power in our family dynamic where we can actually discuss the scriptures together. This can be time for reflection. It can be time for sharing insights. It can be time for discussing certain things that are going on in our world and how the Bible fits and gives us biblical principles that we can apply in our daily lives. But what we want to do, it fosters a sense of unity and some shared faith. And that's what we're after. We want to foster a sense of unity. Check this out. Many times we can't be together in terms of thought and mind in our jobs or wherever we are in the community or things outside of our house. But what we can do, we can be together inside our homes. We can actually have the same shared thought. We can have the same shared unity and love and respect for one another. And if we can really learn how to really do that in the house, things that are going on outside of house, it really won't matter. We don't want to have division, meaning two visions. You see things this way. I see things that way. That's not what Jesus came to do. He came to give us life and that life more abundantly, living in victory every day, living in freedom every day, living in the same consciousness as our Savior. So we want to, and I want to give this to you again, we want to every day. We want to take some time and it don't have to be that long. You'd be surprised what 15 and 20 minutes can do in a dynamic in a family where we're praying together, reading the word together, discussing the scripture together, giving some revelational thought together. Watch this, ushering out our spiritual gifts for one another. Watch this. As a pastor, I know this very well. Being a pastor, many times I'm trying to get people together in the church. I'm trying to find out who has this spiritual gift, that spiritual gift. Imagine if we did more of this at home. When we come to church, it's just a spillover. So if I'm ushering out the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, if I'm learning how to flow in the spirit at home, can you imagine the revival we can have at our church? Problem is, we wait to come to church to do spiritual things and just be carnal in our natural houses. That is not what God wants. He wants us to learn how to have church and be the church at home. So when we come to the house of God and my family is connecting with your family and another person's family, man, you talking about a move of God everywhere we go. So let's have some regular family devotionals at the house. Number two, let's foster open communication and active listening. We need to do that. This is really how I learned how to communicate. This is how I learned how to listen. 
at home. My mother would always allow me to speak and say what I wanted to say as long as it was respectful. It didn't tear anybody down. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say what you need to say. And then there was a time of listening where we learned how to listen. Watch this. Where we zip our lip. We don't say anything. We give people the freedom and the liberty to be able to say what they want to say without jumping in, without saying, oh, no, it didn't happen that way. The reason why grown folks act this way now is because they did it when they were children and nobody taught them how to have an open communication or dialogue and active listening. Here's what that actually means. What we're going to do is we're going to create an environment where open communication is encouraged. Yeah, that's what we want to do. So family members should actually feel comfortable sharing and expressing their thoughts, their feelings, and their concerns. Watch this. We can't do it on our jobs. Might get fired. Everybody's sensitive there. Can't do that in community. Don't have community most of the time outside of our homes. But what we can do, we can do it in our home. So active listening is crucial in understanding each other and building stronger connections. Regular family meetings can provide a structured space for communication. Watch this. Imagine if you really put this together, because I don't want this to be some kind of lofty thing that I don't want you to do, because it's not that lofty. You need to, as husband, wife, if you're a single parent with your children, take every day, 10, 15 minutes a day, connected with that regular family devotional time and say, hey, is there anything you want to express? Is there something you're feeling? People won't be carrying so much on the inside if we really learn how to create this wonderful, powerful dynamic in our family. People won't be so sick and unforgiving and mad and angry and all of these diseases that people have today. Watch this. We can smash this stuff just through open communication because you know why? People want to be heard and people want to be able to share in a safe environment when no one is going to pick on them. And the place where that needs to happen the most is in your family. Number three, we're going to serve and we're going to volunteer together. Man, do you know how powerful this is? We're going to do this together. You ought to be able to, in your family, create a time, maybe it's every other month, maybe it's once a quarter, where you and your family go out and serve in the community. Go out and serve and volunteer. It helps you to see the real needs that are going on in the world. It helps you to be able to usher out some things that God has placed inside of you so you can become better at it. It helps you to be touched with the feelings of other people's infirmities when you can go out and feed a family or go out and encourage someone in the prison system or whatever the case may be. Engaging in community service and volunteering as a family strengthens that bond and it teaches young children that everything is not about you. And when they can see how people are struggling, when they can see how people are hurting, when they can see real issues and problems that are going on, it helps them to be thankful for their family. And it strengthens the family bond. It strengthens and it communicates love within our ranks. So this shared experience of giving back, watch this, it reinforces Christian values. 
It reinforces compassion and love and service to others. And is that not what Jesus was about? He washed the disciples' feet. He served them. He fed them. He prayed for them. He heard their pains. He freed their bondage through this thing of serving and volunteering together. Watch this. And it also provides opportunities for meaningful conversations about how our faith impacted somebody's life. And that's what we need. And again, as a pastor, man, I'm really pushing this because I want people to understand if y'all start doing this as a family, it won't be so difficult for you to serve in the ministry. Can I tell you something? Family was the first church. Go back to your Bible. Look at the book of Genesis. Look at Adam and Eve. They were a family unit. They were a unit where even God himself, the scripture said, he came down in the cool of the day to spend time with Adam, to worship with Adam, to have some church, to have some meaningful dialogue. And as Adam was in the garden, he was serving God's best interests. And this is what we want. We want to impact someone's lives. Let's do it together. And can I tell you something? It's something powerful when a mom is with her spouse. It's with her husband. Children are there. Or if you're a single parent and the children are with you, no matter if you got one or five, I'm telling you the quickest way to break the enemy's power on a family is start doing some things together. Can we say that? Together. And we are better together. We are stronger together. We are innovative together. We are effective together. We are powerful together. Come on, again, the scripture says it's by house be divided. It can't stand. Could it be your house is divided because y'all don't serve together? Y'all don't do things together. Let's create this in 2024. Let's do some family things that are meaningful together because we want to make a divine impact in our world today. Number four, we're going to establish some family traditions inside your own dynamic, inside your own family. I always tell married people, at least for the first year, create some family traditions. Don't go to mom's house. Don't go to dad's house, auntie's house, grandma's house. Those things create all kinds of problems and situations, especially if this is your first time being married or even your second time being married, whatever the case may be, why don't you spend the first year together creating different kinds of things that y'all can do as husband and wife? And if there are kids, obviously we know they're included. So we're not going to go out to Thanksgiving at mom's house, grandma's house. We're going to create our own family traditions that are all about memories and creating opportunities that we can share in one another's love and closeness together. So we're going to create and then we're going to uphold family traditions that center around Christian values. A lot of the traditions that we do are just, they don't create anything, no bond that a child can look back when he's a teenager or a grown up and say, man, my mom and dad, we did this together. We did that together. Whatever the case may be, this could include a regular family dinner. This could include celebrating a certain success within the family. 
This could include our own holiday. Create a holiday. We don't have to wait for Thanksgiving to be thankful. We don't have to wait for Christmas to give to one another. I don't believe in that. We create our own traditions, our own celebrations together. That's exciting. Call it whatever you want to call it, but do it together. And we're going to establish this family traditions. Watch this. Traditions provide a sense of continuity and shared identity. Is that not what the world needs today? Is that not what families need today? We need an identity. When we talk about that, I'm always thinking about sports because I love basketball. And when a basketball team is coming out there, they have shared continuity or sense of it all, chemistry, but they have this identity. In other words, we known as a defensive team. So every time we come out, we know that we're going to be in your shorts. Know that we always be going to be on a line. We're pulling together. We're going in the same direction. We're never lackadaisical on defense. We always intensify. Or maybe on the offensive end, the ball is always moving around. There's always pace and space to get the ball up the court and get it to the right people. Every team has an identity or should the great ones, the championship contenders. In other words, they are known for something. In this season, as we talk about establishing family traditions, what is your family known for? And through this, participating in specific church events together. Remember, here I go again with that word called together. We're going to do it together. We're going to create these family traditions together. And here's a good thing that you can do. Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, this sounds good, pastor, but where do we begin? Sit down as a family and just talk about some things y'all want to do. Uh, involve the kids in it. Allow them to express and then pull all of that together so that it makes sense for your house and say, hey, starting in three weeks, we going to call this whatever the case may be, and do it together and establish that family tradition. And again, watch the strongholds be loose. Watch the love re-enter your family. Watch the love come back in your wife's eyes. Watch the anger leave the spouse, the husband. Different things are going to flee when we learn how to establish something that is bringing us together and not pulling us apart. And finally, number five, encouraging individual spiritual growth. That's what we want to do inside our family dynamic. We want to encourage and foster individual spiritual growth. As much as we're trying to do things together, this is one of the final things that I think we can do apart within the family that brings us together and helps us to learn a little bit more about one another. So while family activities are essential and recognizing and supporting each family member's individual spiritual journey, is also crucial because watch this, even though we're doing things together, we know on a spiritual level, we're not all at the same level. The wife is not at the same level as the husband or vice versa, or even the kids. So what we want to do, we want to encourage personal Bible study time. 
That's what we want to do. Specific times of prayer and then participation in a church activity where that individual person in that family can be a part of a men's ministry, a women's ministry, a children's ministry, a sewing ministry, whatever the case may be in that particular church and ministry. We want to learn how to spend some time with the Lord privately. Yeah, by ourselves. Yes, we're doing things together, but I also tell people, you need some alone time with God. You need some alone time by yourself. Your children need some alone time by themselves. So create that atmosphere and foster that with inside of your family because it gives a sense of autonomy in faith while strengthening the overall spiritual foundation of the family. If we truly learn how to do this and encourage, that's what we want to do. Parents, encourage your children to spend time with God by themselves. Encourage them to pray. Encourage them to do certain things and learn who they are and keep pushing them and boosting them. Same way with husbands and wives. Husbands, do that for your wives. Wives, do that for your husbands. Say, hey, spend some time with God and I'm believing God in you and I'm believing. And when you come out of your prayer time or your devotional time, as you spend time learning who you are and what God has created you for, the family is going to be that much stronger because you did it by yourself and it will enhance everything that you're doing. Here's my last thing and I'm done. Remember that the key to building any strong Christian family, it lies in consistent effort communication, and a shared commitment to living out Christian principles every day. Now, when we do this, each family is unique. So adapting to these suggestions that I'm giving you, it's going to create specific dynamics and needs for your family is always going to be first and foremost. So as you begin to do this, I am praying that you will try. I'm praying that you will take these five things, the regularly family devotions, the open communication and active listening, serving and volunteering together, establishing family traditions, and encouraging individual spiritual growth. I'm challenging you today to consider these five things that I've given you. And I really do believe if you just take one or two of these things, obviously all five, but if you take one or two, Things are going to really be powerful within your family dynamic. Don't give grace to everybody else until you give it to those in your own house. And when you do, people within your own house will see how the love of God springs forth like a well that will never run dry. So let's learn how to give grace at home. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this blessed you. If it did, I want you to shoot me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. If you are a first time listener, I'm thanking God for you today. And I pray that this won't be the last time that you have listened to To Empower You. Take this opportunity as well and share this podcast, share this episode with someone and let them know, hey man, Thomas Deloach is out here trying to encourage, trying to build. I'm praying for you and I'm believing God for you. So let's build some community together. All right. So listen, this is what God is saying. 
in this season. Let's move with him and let's move in grace and let's move in love and let's see our world on the inside change like never before. I'm praying for you as always and remember to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.